What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome. Boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Time Out with. Uh, I already messed up. Fuck, I got it. What the fuck am I on? What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of Team Out with Tony. Your host, Tony. I don't know why I'm talking like this. <laughs> Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, we're back at it again with yet another episode of Time Out with Tony. Uh, this time, ladies and gentlemen, we're taking another hit at the Fast and Furious franchise. Oh yeah, get ready for fast rides, hot chicks, and one-liners such as... Uh, uh, I don't even know. But anyways, point is, we're back at it again. Episode 3. Could you believe that? We're in episode 3 and we're barely reviewing our first movie. It's like, where the fuck have you been all along, Tony? Anyways, uh, yeah, yep, 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 I keep forgetting what I want to say, I, I, I got, like, the, the attention span of a fucking four-year-old, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna say this, and I'm gonna say that, and I'm gonna say this, but when the time comes, I'm like, Ehh. into my brain, I'm like, it's okay, Brainy, go whenever you like, and anyways, yeah, episode three, too fast, too fierce, now, I gotta say, ladies and gentlemen, personally, for me, this is my most favorite movie in the entire franchise, and that's including the first one, Tokyo Drift, the fourth one, fifth one, sixth one, seventh one, eighth one, and the spinoff, Hobbs and Shaw. Um, and uh, I just got to say, this is my favorite one of all. I don't know why, but it just is. Probably because it has the most Paul Walker in it. I don't even know. But, uh, yeah, this is my most favorite one of all. I really like, I really enjoy the plot, the one-liners, the cars, the whole shebang. It was fucking pretty cool. So. Unfortunately for others, it's like their least favorite. And in terms of box at the box office, it did pretty well. It debuted at number one. Made, I think, over 230 mil, I think. I don't know. But it was just triple figures. I mean, triple. No, not triple. What the fuck am I on? Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Six, seven figures. I don't know. It, it made point as it went past 100 million. And it did well at the box office, but in terms of the storyline and progression in the franchise, it didn't really do much. And we'll get at we'll we'll get into that at the end of the uh uh, uh recap. But I'll just leave it at that before we get into today's episode. Thank you guys so much for the support. Yes, yes, I really do enjoy the support. Yes, he does. Uchigo, Yes, I do. Uchigo. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I enjoy the support, really, guys. Uh, none of this could have been possible without your guys' support. And really, I got to thank you guys so much for that. So let's keep it up, yeah? Tell everybody. Tell everybody. Um... Yeah, that's pretty much it. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into today's episode. Sit back, relax, crack open a beer, soda, and or water bottle, because this is Too Fast, Too Furious. Like 
All right, so for those of you new to the podcast, here's how the situation goes. First off, we go a little bit into a premise, then we recap the entire plot of the movie, and then we give it our rating, personal opinions, why we gave it that per- that rating that and those opinions. And um, we take a look a little bit behind the scenes, take a look at the production, all that kind of stuff, and uh, you watch me geek out as I talk about all these cars. I'm joking. Uh, but anyways, folks, for those of you that do not know, Too Fast, Too Furious is a 2003 action film directed by John Singleton and written by Michael Brent and Derek Hass. It is a standalone sequel to 2001's The Fast and the Furious. If you want to check that out, please feel free to go ahead and listen to Season 1, Episode 6. I think it was Episode 6. I don't know. It was, it was one of our few episodes, one of our first episodes. I don't know which one it was. I think it was like, like 90% sure it was Episode 6 or 7. I don't know. One of those two. But uh, feel free to check that out. Anyways, uh, it's a standalone sequel to 2001's The Fast and the Furious. It's the second installment in the Fast and Furious franchise and stars the late Paul Walker, Tyrese Gibson, Eva Mendes, Cole Hauser, fucking Ludacris, and James Ramar. Too Fast, Too Furious follows Brian O'Connor and Roman Pierce, uh, two childhood best friends, as they go undercover for the U.S. Customs Service to apprehend drug lord Carter Verone in exchange for the erasure of the criminal records. As you can see, Roman Pierce, he's had a bit of a stint in prison. You know, he was caught, I think, with, uh, he was caught with, I think, three stolen cars. And point is, he was he was thrown in jail and uh, has a record and he's on probation at the time. And, well, we, we already know what Brian O'Connor did. You know, he let his target go, and now he's on the run, stuff like that. Yeah. Plans for a sequel to The Fast and the Furious were developed immediately following the film's box office success. Early treatments for a sequel initially featured the returns of both Vin Diesel and Paul Walker. Vin Diesel, unfortunately, declined and instead chose to star in The Chronicles of Riddick. As a result, Universal Studios delayed the start of filming to allow for script rewrites, which subsequently allowed for the franchise's long-running characters of Roman Pierce and Tej Parker to be introduced. In August of 2002, John Singleton, who critically praised the first film, was announced to direct the second in place of Rob Cohen, who left the franchise after directing the previous installment. Principal photography first began in Miami of October 2002, with the majority of the filming being done on location in Miami and in South Florida as well. Too Fast, Too Furious was released in the U.S. on June 6, 2003 and grossed $236 million worldwide. It received a lot of negative reviews, unfortunately, on Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes and said it, quote, won't tax the brain cells, end quote. It was even nominated for two awards at the 24th Golden Raspberry Awards. Ouch. All right, so folks, what about what 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 is it about this movie that kind of made it you know suck ass in the eyes of other people, not in my eyes? Well, let's find out. <clears throat> Story opens up on Brian O'Connor after he has let go of Dominic Toretto and just pretty much let him escape from the authorities. Former LAPD officer Brian O'Connor flees from LA to escape prosecution. He subsequently travels to Miami. And makes a living by participating in illegal street races, driving a heavy modified silver Nissan Skyline GZR34. This is, the, in my opinion, one of the best cars in the entire franchise. One of the best cars that they feature in the entire franchise. Oh my god. We'd be here for three hours if, 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 if I've been on about this car. Anyways, <clears throat> the races are organized by his local mechanic friend, Tej Parker. After winning a race against drivers, including one well-known driver by the name of Suki. The police show up and Brian gets fucking arrested. And well, the, the Skyline gets impounded, which in my opinion is one of the saddest moments in the entire history of the Fast and Furious franchise. Anyways, he's taken into custody, but given a deal by his former boss, FBI agent Bilkins. 
and U.S. Customs agent Markham to go undercover and bring down Argentinian drug lord Carter Verón in exchange for clearance of his criminal record. Agent Monica Fuentes, who has been undercover with Verón for over a year, agrees to assist Brian into the organization. And Brian agrees on the condition that he is given permission to choose his own partner. And this prompts Brian to travel to his hometown of Barstow, California, where there he enlists the help of his childhood friend, Roman Pierce, who served jail time for housing stolen cars in a garage. Roman, who is currently on parole, blames Brian for his arrest, but reluctantly agrees to help him in exchange for the same deal Brian has been offered for their mission. They are issued two confiscated modified cars, a 2003 Mitsubishi Lancer Evolution VII and a 2003 Mitsubishi Eclipse Spider GTS. Well, if you ask me, I like the Atlanta better, but you know, the Eclipse does have its fair share of chrome. So I don't know, it's, it's a tie between these two cars, but uh, actually, no, no, it's not. I choose Lancer. Fuck the Eclipse. Anyways, Roman and Brian are later then hired by Roan after causing several, several, several accidents on the freeway, one of which includes driving in between two trucks, doing a 180 in the middle of the freeway just to flick off his best buddy. In my opinion, one of the best scenes, if you ask me. Uh, I'm, I'm joking. Anyways. <clears throat> Uh, anyways, they are hired by Verone, who tasks the duo to compete against rival uh, drivers to obtain a package from a confiscated car in a, located in a lot. Markham, who mistakenly thinks that the duo is trying to run away, follows them to the lot. The police ambush and spook Roman, who then shoots at Markham to help maintain his cover. Roman later confronts the agent for interfering with the mission. Brian is able to salvage the situation, and however, he tells Bilkins that... Brown is allegedly aiming to launder his money in Miami before escaping on his private jet. Brian and Roman challenge a pair of muscle car drivers they race when competing for Roan's hiring for pink slips. Despite the engine and power output handicaps, they win the race and obtain the rival cars, a 1969 Yanko Camaro SYC and a 1970 Dodge Challenger RT. Tell about the Yanko, if you ask me. Uh, the, 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 the Challenger, it's too orange. But, but the Yanko, though, oof. Fine American muscle car right there, bro. That's the American dream, if you ask me. Anyways, Roman later confronts Brian about the constant threat of Roan's men. However, they patch up their differences and focus on completing the mission. At the VIP section of a nightclub, Roman and Brian witness Verone torture a Miami Police Department detective who goes by the name of Whitworth. Anyways, they witness him torture into giving his men a window of opportunity to make their getaway. The next morning, Monica warns them that they will be killed once the drop is made. And despite this, Markham refuses to call out the job, claiming that it is their one chance to catch Verone. On the day of the mission, Brian and Roman begin transporting the duffel bags of Verone's money with Verone's associates, Enrique and Roberto, riding alongside to accompany them. Before the window is set, Whitworth decides to call in the police to move in for an arrest of the drivers used by Brian and Norm. Roman. Sorry, I messed that up. Too much space. Uh, this results in a high-speed chase across the city, and the duo leads the police into a warehouse where they scramble by dozens of street racers organized by Tej, which disorients the police. Following the scramble, the police manage to pull over the Evo and the Eclipse, and they find out that they were being driven by Tej and Suki. Eh, eh, hit, hit up with the good old switcheroo, you know, the switcheroo, and the... As it turns out, the duo had switched cars and escaped in the two muscle cars that they had won earlier in the movie. As Brian approaches the destination in his Yanko, Enrique tells him to take the Tarpoon Marina at 
Tarpoon Point Marina exit, sorry, instead of heading to the airfield. Meanwhile, Roman gets rid of Roberto by using an improvised ejector seat. Uh, it's funny because like he uses the seat and the guy falls out. He, he just get, he gets sucked out. Roman keeps driving and he's like, ejecto seato, cuz. I'm like, what the fuck? Is this, really, is this really what slang was like in 2003, man? Anyways. Oh, sorry, 2002. Principal photography was in 2002. I keep forgetting. Anyways, <clears throat> oh, what was I saying? What was I saying? What was I saying? See what I... God damn it. See what happens. Um, oh, right. Anyways, bro, like I said before, Roman gets rid of Roberto by using an imp improvised ejector seat in his Challenger powered by nitrous oxide. At the airfield, custom agents have invaded Verone's plane and convoy. Uh, and they end up discovering that it's actually a decoy, and Verone is actually at a boatyard several miles away. Verone reveals that he knew Monaco is an undercover agent and purposely gave her the wrong information on the destination point. When Brian arrives at the marina, Verone forces Monica onto his private yacht and orders Enrique to kill Brian. As Enrique prepares to kill him, Brian's ejector seat fails, but Roman suddenly appears and helps Brian incapacitate Enrique. Verone makes his escape but brian and roman use a camaro to drive on a ramp and literally ran that shit into the fucking boat little boat brian shoots and wounds verone who is then arrested by monica in the aftermath Mar markham grants brian and roman full parment for full pardons and in return roman turns over the second half of verone's money the two agree to stay in miami and brian suggests opening a garage funded by a cut of verone's money which Roman kept for themselves. Fucking, uh, <laughs> what you did there. <laughs> and that, my friends, is too fast, too furious. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> oh, God. <clears throat> uh, Pretty solid buddy action movie. Buddy action, yeah. Is that how you say it? Okay, buddy action movie, if you ask me. God. Hot chicks, hot rides, one-liners, guns. Well, not a lot, but somewhat. Uh, several ac accidents on the freeway. You know, the, your average traffic hazard and all that kind of stuff. Um, I really enjoyed it. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, the moment of truth. On a scale of 1 to 10, I give Too Fast, Too Furious a... A full-on 7 out of 10. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I got to give it a full-on 7 out of 10. Here's why. Reason why we didn't give it a complete 0 out of 0 like uh, Rotten Tomatoes would is because, well, for starters, the plot. I really enjoyed the plot. Uh, Lord knows I love a good buddy action film, you know. Two guys, fast cars, explosions, traffic hazards, hot chicks. I mean, what more could an adrenaline junkie ask for, man? That's 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 one of the main reasons why I, I really enjoyed the plot, you know, to to fellas just looking at a chance at redemption, looking for a chance to clear the records, be free, man, live their lives. Not really. But yeah, live their lives. Uh, I really enjoy that narrative. Um, I mean, yeah, sure. Now it may be old and, and just extremely corny and nostalgic. But back then it was just. It was uh, really, uh, really caught the attention of a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I gotta give it a seven out of ten. Another reason why I give it a seven out of ten is the stunt coordination. I really enjoyed the stunts that were pulled in this in this uh, in the in the movie. And this is way before all that CGI shit, all the animation. I mean, yeah, sure, the scene in which they drive the ankle onto the yacht <laughs> onto the yacht was um, completely CGI and all that and computer generated and all that shit. But um, 
a lot of the scenes that were pulled on the freeway, like a lot of the stunts that were pulled on the freeway, on street races, a lot of the, the drag races that were pulled, a lot of that was actual, you know, uh, authentic, you know. They hired actual stunt drivers to do to do the actual the actual driving. And one of the main things that I really enjoyed was the fact that Paul Walker actually did almost every single stunt uh, himself. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it was a complete, complete, complete nightmare. I imagine it was a complete nightmare for insurance agencies and stuff like that. But I, I don't know. I really got to give Paul Walker credit, you know, for for manning up and deciding to, you know, hey, yo, let me drive the boat. I mean, let me drive the car <laughs> and decide to, you know, do a lot of these stunts. And uh, a bit of a fun fact, actually, uh, the the freeway scene in which Paul Walker, uh, in which Brian does a 180 in the freeway and flicks off Roman, that 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 whole 180 shit, that was that was that was Paul Walker, bro. That was full. That was full on Paul Walker, man. No, no computer generated shit. No stunt driver that looks like Paul Walker. It's, it was it was completely 100% Paul Walker, dude. And I like at least I want to say like maybe 70% of the stunts of the court of the of the stunts the driving scenes were were all done by Paul Walker. A lot of his, a lot of his, not not like every every single you know stunt done in this movie but a lot of uh brian's stunts in which he a lot of the stunts in there were done by paul walker himself and i i actually admire that you know it's really rare in which uh seeing an actor you know willing to step up to the plate and take one take a take a bruise take a hit break a few bones and stuff like that and i really really admire whenever actors decide to step up to the plate i really enjoy it and um i i, I gotta give it i gotta give it I gotta give it a seven out of ten because of that. Another reason would be just the rides, man. The cars, in my opinion, Too Fast to Furious has some of the best cars. I mean, we got a an, an a Honda S two thousand. We got the Skyline, the GTR R thirty four. We've got the Mitsubishi. Um, what was Roman's car again? The Evo? No, an, an Eclipse. The Eclipse Spider. Uh, we got the Lancer Evo, the Yanko Camaro, Dodge Char uh, Challenger. Sorry, we also got we got what, what else was in there? Um, just basically the entire cars that were used. Uh, RX sevens. Um, fuck, what was I keep forgetting the fucking name of that shit? Uh, oh, damn it, I can't even figure it out anymore. But just my opinion, some of the best cars. In the entire franchise were used in here and i really you know enjoyed it you know what i'm saying so seven out of ten for there now the reason that's why we haven't given it a full-on 10 out of 10 would have to be because of the acting a lot of the acting in the movie just seems kind of bland it seems forced it seems like ah we met 20 minutes ago and now we're being forced to fuck like what the hell is that man like the acting in my opinion was a bit bland a lot of the i feel like a lot of I won't. I, I wouldn't want to say that it was completely like dog shit, but it could have been better. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like really bad to like the point to where it's like Jesus fuck, you can't put it up with it. But it's bad to the point where like okay, well, you know, add a little something, something to it. You know, give it some sauce, put some put some fucking ketchup in there or some shit, bro. Don't make it all be just bland. And I, in my opinion, I could I thought it could have been a little bit better, but you know. Uh, another reason why I give it a 7 out of 10, and not a full on 10 out of 10, would be uh, the 
the impact that it has in the Fast and Furious franchise. Um, I really don't, as much as I, I wouldn't, as much as I hate to admit it, I gotta say that in terms of like longevity, this is one of the rather forgetful um, movies in the Fast and Furious franchise, and um, it's for for a reason why, and that's because it doesn't have Vin Diesel. And a lot of people say, "Oh, Too Fast, Too Furious." What was that one about? Like a lot of people say, there was a Too Fast, Too Furious. I thought it was just it was just Fast and the Furious, and then Tokyo Drift. No, man, there's Too Fast, Too Furious, and. A lot of people really tend to forget what really what this movie was about, what happened in the movie, how uh, in and in terms of like storyline progression in this Fast and Furious franchise, there really isn't you know much. So in terms of like longevity and how it aged, it didn't really age that well. It was really forgetful, as much as I hate to admit it. But let's let's just be honest. Ask any Fast and Furious uh, stand, every any Fast and Furious uh, fan what they think of Too Fast, Too Furious, and they'll tell you, well, it's really one of the rather forgetful movies. And I uh, I really hate that it's like that, you know? I, I wish it could have been more memorable. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it sucks. Um, yeah. Another reason, actually, you know what? That's pretty much it. There really isn't much to say. And, uh, yeah, 7 out of 10 for a good reason, all right, folks, for a good reason and if you ask me it should be more appreciated okay folks just remember that when you walk out of here just remember that all right folks let's take a little bit let's take a look at behind the scenes the production the development plans to make a sequel came about after the first after the box office after the box office success of the first fast and the furious film which grossed over 200 million dollars worldwide John Singleton had seen the first film and was awed by it, saying, quote, When I saw The Fast and the Furious, I was like, damn, why did I think of that? Growing up in South Central L.A., we had street races all the time, end quote. Singleton's rave reaction of the film, as well as the culture of street racing in general, influenced his decision to direct the sequel. The director also claimed that the concept of race of street racing could be something young, young audiences could relate to. The screenplay was written by Michael Brent and Derek Hattis, along with, with Gary Scott Thompson, the writer from the first film. Uh, there were two film treatments submitted early on, one of which did not involve Vin Diesel's character in the event the actor would not return for the sequel. Singleton credited Top Gun as a major influence in the film, particularly with regard to the action sequences. Uh, Vin Diesel was actually offered $25 million to return as Dominic Toretto. However, he refused after reading the screenplay as he felt that it had that its potential was inferior compared to that of its predecessor. And he chose to appear in the Chronicles Riddick. Uh, I haven't really seen the movie, so I really can't judge. Uh, according to Variety Magazine in 2015, he was less taken with what the screenwriters had in mind for the film. They did. Uh, they stated, quote, they didn't take a Francis Ford Coppola approach to it. They approached it like they did with sequels in the 80s and the 90s, in the 90s when they would just drum up with a new story, unrelated for the most part, and slept the name on it, end quote. However, Diesel reflected on his decision in a July 2014 report from Uprock saying, quote, I would have said, don't walk away from it because the script sucked into Fast and Furious because there's an obligation to the audience to fight no matter what to make the film as good as possible. I might have had, I might have had a little bit more patience or belief in the long term of it, end quote. Paul Walker, who had just finished filming uh, a side project, Timeline, uh, at the time, reprised his role in the second picture as Brian O'Connor. Tyrese Gibson, who was then known as Tyrese, 
also became part of the cast after previously work uh, after having previously worked with Singleton in his uh in what I consider to be one of his rather better films, Baby Boy, which is in my opinion one of the more revolutionary hood films. Uh, anyways, it was actually the singer's uh, film acting debut in uh and well in this in the, in the franchise in the uh, in the Fast and Furious franchise he made his debut. As Roman Pierce, in which my opinion is one of the rather funnier characters, one of the more comic relief characters in the franchise, Jaw Rule, who appeared in the first Fast and the Furious movie as a just regular street racer, was originally intended to reprise his role, but unfortunately um, uh, declined. He was offered $500,000 for a role, which was more than what he had been paid to appear in the first Fast and the Furious, which was $15,000, according to Singleton. He said, "Quote: Jaw got too big for himself. He turned it down. He turned down half a million dollars. Yeah, half a million dollars. And he was acting like he was too big to be in the sequel, and he wouldn't return calls." End quote. Well, as you've seen, Jaw Rule didn't really have much success um, in the mid 2000s seeing as how he had his career just pretty much tarn tarnished by not only Eminem but by Fifty Cent as well, which is really one of the rather funniest moments in hip hip hop history, if you ask me. I really don't like Jaw Rule. He's what I call just a uh, not a braggadocio rapper, just garbage, just a garbage rapper. Even even his original, his debut album's kind of ass, if you ask me. I, I just don't like Jaw Rule. Pretty much a joke at this point, man. Um. Anyways, the director then hired uh, Ludacris, who was who was relatively known in the rap he wasn't you know one of the bigger names in the rap game at the time but he was he was like rather i'd say an up-and-coming rapper if you ask me he 2003 was a big year for him if you ask me he had just dropped his debut album i think it was his debut even his either it was his debut or sophomore album i don't know one of those two but point is he dropped an album and it, it did it did really well in terms of longe uh, longevity in my opinion and uh, I think he debuted, I want to say, in the top 10. Somewhere in the top 10, uh, Billboard 200. But, um, yeah. Anyways, what was I saying? Uh, uh, right. He hired, uh, Singleton hired Ludacris, who at the time was known as a rather, you know, up-and-coming artist in the rap game. And uh, Ludacris would later go, as you can see, Ludacris would later go on to reprise his role in the Fast and the Furious franchise. And if you ask me, uh, Tej Parker is one of the rather more other uh, same thing with with Roman Pierce. You know, he's one of the rather more funny characters, one of the more uh, tech savvy characters in the group. Um, I really enjoyed his character, his um, just his ability to joke, to mess around, to always make fun of, to always make fun of Roman at whatever chance he gets. I mean, although here in Too Fast Too Furious, they really have. They have almost little to no interaction. In the later movies, they become, you know, closer. And I really, really enjoyed the relationship. But here, there's not really much of it. Um, so I would have given it a higher rating. But unfortunately, uh, because of, you know, little to no interaction, I really didn't give it that much of a rating. That high of a rating, sorry. And, um, yeah. But I really liked his interpretation of Tej Parker. It's really fun to watch. All right, filming, folks. Principal, photog <laughs> Principal photography first began in the fall of 2002 with Matthew F. Leonardi serving as the director of... Son of a bitch. Director... 
of photography. Filming was done mostly in various parts of South Florida, such as Miami Beach, Seven Mile Bridge, and Homestead Air Reserve Base. Hauser's character's mansion was shot in uh, Coral Gables, which was a mansion that at some point was owned by Sylvester Stallone himself. A car enthusiast himself, Paul Walker drove a Nissan Skyline GTR model R34, which was borrowed from the film's technical advisor, Craig Lieberman, in the film's opening scenes. Bit of a fun fact, uh, Walker went on to actually become the owner of the Skyline GTR, and uh, it's one of the very few cars from the beginning days of Fast and the, the, Fast and the Furious franchise that has not been destroyed. As you can see, uh, as I said, I think in the previous um, Fast and the Furious review, a lot of the cars used... In the Fast and the Furious films, uh, usually get uh, get destroyed like right after they're filmed, which in my opinion is kind of sad, but uh, it's something that has to happen, and for a good reason. Uh, you know, once once people are done using those cars, you know, they just put them up for display, and eventually, crazy rich billionaires decide to buy them and recreate these stunts. And I I, I see I can see why they would want to destroy them, but uh, I'm really glad they didn't. You know, decide to you know destroy this car. Um, of course, after the death, the unfortunate death of Paul Walker, I think it was given up for, um, display, I think. I'm not really sure, but point is, it's one of the very few cars from the early days of Fast and the Furious that wasn't destroyed. Um, uh, one of the, one of the actors in the movie, uh, Devon Aoki, I think that's how you pronounce the name, uh, she plays as Suki, one of the, uh, female drivers in the movie. Uh, at the time, the actor did not, the actress, sorry, did not have a driver's license or any driving experience prior to the film's productions, and had to take driving lessons during filming. And as you can see, she drove the pink 2001 Honda S2000 in the film. And uh, as you can see, Gibson drove the convertible Mitsubishi Eclipse Spider, which, in my opinion, is too much chrome. Like Brian O'Connor said, too much chrome. But uh, it's it's all right, it's all right. Other cars include were included in the film were the Toyota Supra Turbo MK4 model, um, and and a bit of a fun fact, it was actually the exact same the exact same car that was used in the first Fast and the Furious. The only thing is that they you know gave it a little bit of a tint, a little bit a bit of a painting. They in the movie it's actually it has more of a bit of a gold. It's more gold if you ask if if you ask me because I really suck at detailing. At the de uh, at describing you know the details on these cars, but uh, I'd say like it has a bit of a gold, 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 yeah, like a gold tint to it. I mean, in the original film, it was orange and now it's gold, so eh, it was all right. It was eh, yeah. Uh, let's take a look at how it did at the box office. This this will be juicy. <laughs> Too fast to furious earned. 50.5 million dollars in its u.s opening in 3408 theaters ranking it first for the weekend in its 133 day release the film reached a peak of 3418 theaters in the u.s and earned 127.2 million dollars in the u.s taking the number one spot off finding me finding nemo yeah finding nemo the film had the 15th largest U.S. gross of 2003 and the 16th largest worldwide gross of 2003, combined with the inter international gross of 109.2 million. And the film went on to earn 236.4 million dollars worldwide on Rotten Tomatoes. The film unfortunately has an approval rating of 36% based on 160 reviews, with an average rating of 4.7. 4.75 out of 10. The site's critical consensus reads, quote, beautiful people and beautiful cars in a movie that won't tax brain cells, end quote. 
Metacritic has weighted average score of 38 out of 100 based on reviews from 36 critics indicating quote generally unfavorable reviews audiences surveyed by cinema score gave the film an eight minus on a scale of a to f uh well although yeah i kind of do agree with some of these uh opinions uh, some of the others i really don't got it i really don't you know really agree much um and, and it's really sad, you know, to see that this film really didn't have that much of a big impact. You know, aside from introducing us to two of the rather favorable characters in the Fast and the Furious franchise, Too Fast, Too Furious didn't really have, you know, that much to it. It was just a good sequel, you know, with a buddy, you know, a simple buddy action film, Boats and Hoes, Fast Cars, Stacey Hoots, you know, the whole shebang. And, well, that's, that's, that's pretty much it. Uh, the film ended up receiving two Golden Grasby Award nominations, including Worst Remake or Sequel and Worst Excuse for an Actual Movie, which has got hurt, if you ask me. It's got hurt. And in terms of the Fast and Furious, Too Fast, Too Furious franchise, well, that, my friends, is where we're going to unfortunately have to cut it off because that's pretty much where it ends. Thank you guys so much for the support, really. Uh, this pretty much concludes our review, I guess. I really got to come up with a better saying, you know, instead of saying, well, okay, that's it. Bye, guys. And then just, you know, cut off the recording. But, uh, yeah, folks, that's pretty much where it ends here, folks. Um, once again, you guys, I thank you guys so much for the support, really. None of this could have been possible without the support of you guys. So, really, thank you. Uh, don't be sure to, uh, I mean, be sure to spread the word, you know, tell your mama, tell your papa, tell your friends, cousins, sisters, brothers, nieces, nephews, postmen, teachers, uh, uh, social worker friend, fuck it, even tell the cops, yo, tell everybody, man, spread the fucking word, spread the fucking word, you know, tell the dude at the bakery, tell that chick you've been stalking for the past three months, tell, tell everybody, yo, tell Everybody. Anyways, uh, I think that's pretty much where we're gonna where we're gonna be keep. I keep I keep messing up. That's pretty much where we're gonna. Uh, that's pretty much. I don't even know what to say anymore. I really gotta write some stuff out. Some stuff I just leave and some stuff I just you know intend on winging it. This is one of those parts where I wing it and not really execute it very well. I guess I don't know. But anyways, folks, I think we're going to stop it here. Thank you guys all so much for the support. Please stay safe. Stay dry. It's where I'm from. It's been raining. It's been windy. It's been off four elements. Not four elements. What am I on? Four. It's, it's been pretty much everything, bro. It's been raining. It's been windy. It's been hot. It's been cold. Bipolar, basically. The weather at this point is bipolar. Thanks to global warming. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um... I gonna say what was I gonna say there's not much no not much left anyways ladies and gentlemen please stay safe don't drink and drive the whole shebang and I'll catch you on the next one see ya I've seen better days.